Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Welcome to episode 14 of US Rail Journeys, where I travel from Lake Charles in Louisiana to Houston, Texas on the Sunset Limited. Running about an hour and a half late, the train reached Lake Charles. This is a major petrochemical refining and recreational gaming centre. There are more than 75 festivals held annually and it's referred to as the festival capital of Louisiana. Dr. Michael DeBakey, the first heart surgeon to implant an artificial heart successfully in 1963, was born in Lake Charles. We were talking earlier about the cages submerged in the rice paddies. There are 125,000 acres devoted to crawfish farming in Louisiana. The station at Lake Charles, opened in 1992, is an unstaffed waiting room and was used by 3,856 passengers in 2017. I've just been looking at my map and we're now going through the rather nicely named town of Sulphur. But interestingly enough, it's spelt correctly with a PH, even though Americans refer to the element Sulphur with an F. The map suggests to me that the next river we reach will be the Louisiana-Texas state line, and then we will enter Texas. As our journey continues westward, I can see through the trees scrubland alternating with cultivated pastures. There is a lot of agriculture in Louisiana and of crops that are probably not grown in too many other places in the United States. But that variance from the vast cornfields up in the northern Midwest down to sugarcane and rice in Louisiana is part of what makes America so fascinating. We're now passing through a very lush green swamp area that I believe is next to the Sabine River which is the state line between Louisiana and Texas. And so we're now in Texas. 
but I have to say it doesn't really look any different from Louisiana and I was told that it was a state of great heat The driver's working his horn hard as we carry along here. It's very interesting, though. A lot of the smaller side roads just come up to the side of the railway track, have a barrier across them so that you can't get onto the track, and then continue on the other side of the track. It at least means we go through fewer level crossings than we would have otherwise. Just passing a vast Walmart depot. I'm assuming that it's a Walmart distribution depot because there seem to be trucks at either side of it. Well, that makes a change of crop. We just passed some cattle grazing. Not too many, but some. And here are some more grazing in the slightly scrubbier land. Doesn't look like wonderful pasture, but it's probably adequate. A small lake with a few boats on it, a few more cattle, and the drivers certainly put his foot down, taking us westwards through Texas. I said it felt as though the driver was getting a move on. We've been doing just under 80 miles an hour for the last few minutes, so this must be a better bit of track where you can get up a good head of steam, or maybe it's a good head of diesel. It is interesting as we're progressing that there are more and more conifers mixed into the forestry that we're going through. There are plenty of deciduous trees, plenty of oaks, but a lot more conifers than there were earlier. There is a suggestion that some of the small lakes that we're passing, which are definitely artificial lakes, may well be used for raising catfish. We're currently passing through Orange, the easternmost city in Texas, located on the Sabine River, a deep water port with access to the Gulf of Mexico. The first Presbyterian church, completed in 1912, was the first air-conditioned building west of the Mississippi River. Exit 880 on the interstate highway is the highest number exit marker on any freeway or interstate in North America. We were scheduled to arrive in Beaumont at 3.48pm. Having been running an hour and a half late a couple of stations ago, we seem to have gained some time and we are only now running one hour late. In Beaumont, we will have a crew change. Are we going to be allowed a fresh air break? I think a lot of people will be stepping off the train for a few minutes. Beaumont, which along with Port Arthur and Orange forms the Golden Triangle, a major industrial area on the Texas Gulf Coast. Beaumont was a cattle raising, farming, rice milling and lumber centre during the 19th century. Oil was discovered at nearby Spindletop in 1901, the first major oil field and one of the largest in US history. The current station in Beaumont dates from 2012, and was used by nearly 3,380 passengers in 2017. As we cross the river, there is a large military vessel. Well, it's certainly painted in battleship grey. Now coming in through the marshalling yards, past the signal box, past the city hall, past large areas of car parking 
past a stack of 1960s and 70s buildings, past the police car park. It is interesting that since we've come into Texas, many of the level crossings we've gone over, we haven't had to sound the horn. And I think that's because they've put a barrier down the centre of the road as you come up to the level crossing gates, which of course means then that people won't be on the wrong side of the road. The track network as we come into Beaumont is quite complicated. There seem to be tracks merging from a number of different directions. I've even been across a diamond crossing on our way in. Rattled and banged a bit. I wouldn't like to go over it at speed. Finding this very interesting coming into Beaumont because a few minutes ago we went through what looked to me to be the city centre. I realised that many railway stations are not in today's best area of town, but it almost feels as though the station here at Beaumont has been put right out of town. On the other side, but hidden by yet another freight train, is yet another scrapyard. And here we have another set of tracks joining us. And so the train is now ready to leave Beaumont in Texas. All systems checked. Our next stop will be Houston, the fourth largest city in the US. Conductor Salcedo, along with Conductor Montanez, ladies and gentlemen, the new set of conductors here from Beaumont to San Antonio, Texas. Our next schedule station stop, ladies and gentlemen, is Houston, Houston, Texas. Houston is just shy of two hours from here from Beaumont. No uh, further delays. If for some reason we do get delayed or we stop or whatever, we'll, we'll make an announcement letting you know why we are stopping. Uh, I will give you the most information, all the information that I got. I will share it with you, and if we, for some reason, have to stop for a long period of time, I will update you with what we got. Shouldn't be too bad. Uh, doesn't uh, have heard anything that we're going to encounter anything, so hopefully we can uh, make it to Houston here and uh, be there close to on time. For those passengers just joined us here at uh, Beaumont, ladies and gentlemen, please take a few moments to review the passenger safety instruction call the Candy Seat Park in front of you. This card will show you how to use the exits and safety equipment aboard the train if they're required. So as we leave Beaumont, we pass through an area getting less populated, but still small estates of houses, mainly single-storey, past a set of grain silos by the tracks belonging to a rice milling company. And we also are running parallel a few yards away from Highway 9. Train number one is travelling now at speed across the southernmost part of the United States towards Los Angeles. 
the points you could hear us rattling over there, accompanied by a swaying of the carriage because we're passing an oil refinery. As we all know from watching Dallas many years ago on television, oil is the blood of Texas, and the oil barons are incredibly wealthy. making good progress. Houston will be in about an hour's time. The train's been travelling at a good speed. Evening is starting to draw in. Still passing. Lots of lakes, lots of woodland, lots of roads. I think roads are probably one of the bigger crops down here. And the driver's spending quite a lot of time sitting on his horn at the moment. Although it's a very lightly loaded train today, there are some lovely people aboard. I'm with Henrietta, and she's going to explain what being Cajun means. I came from a French background. My mother's mother, she was a Boudreaux, and they came from uh, Nova Scotia. And way back, also my grandfather, uh, some of his relatives came from uh, England. And um, so I am growing up in our household, there was always French spoken on my mother's side and also on my father's side. There was French spoken in the home, in both homes. That then gives you a certain culture? Yes, yes. French culture, French Cajun cooking. Everyone's heard about French Cajun cooking. So what exactly is French Cajun cooking? Well, lots of uh, gumbos, which is a more or less a soup, and um, a lot of, uh, of cooking with rice and gravy and stews and potatoes, and so that's basically... And then Cajun cooking's always known to be spicy, but that's not always the case. So that disproves one thing for most people, that it doesn't have to be spicy. That's correct. That's correct. Do you rate yourself as being a good cook? Well, uh, you'd have to ask my husband that. <laughs> uh, well, I already asked him that earlier, and he told me you were an excellent cook, and oh. you also cook German food, or German style, very well. Yes. Well, I had a, a good, good uh, teacher with his mother. And uh, so I learned a lot from her, so I kind of combined the Cajun and the German together. Where did you grow up? Rain, Louisiana. How far from New Orleans is that? Uh, that's approximately two, and a half, two hours from New Orleans. That's with today's cars rather than a horse and cart? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much. travelling at quite a speed. From the sound of what you can hear, 
it's a nice piece of continuously welded track that's pretty smooth but we did hit one set of points just now with an almighty bump on one side of the train we're just passing a large storage area for pipes I presume for the oil industry on the other side vehicles parked up lots of industrial units and then over another level crossing farming is gone and it's just urban or semi-urban sprawl. We're now passing a very, very significant rail marshalling yard. I would say there's probably 15 or more tracks across the yard, and it looks like they're shunting them into place. On the other side of the track is one of town's better scrap yards. Oh, and another one just passing. We must be in that good area of whichever town we're passing through at the moment. In the marshalling yard, it looks like they may be hump shunting, as it used to be called in the UK, where they release trains down a short hill so that they can then, under their own motion, go into the right sidings and join the correct train. We are on the outskirts of Houston. I think we've caught up quite a lot. dinner reservations. If you're holding a 645 dinner reservation, please make your way to the dining car at this time. Your tables are ready. 645, come on down. Please wait just inside the door to be seated. 645, come on down. The area of town we are travelling through must be a very good one, considering there's razor wire on top of the fencing by the side of the railway tracks. Houston's coming up, folks. I don't know if you caught that, but the conductor's just said, Houston's coming up, folks. We are now 363 miles into our journey, arriving at about 7pm. We've been travelling for 10 hours at an average speed of just over 36 miles an hour. Our stop is scheduled for 30 minutes. Quite a number of people are getting off, and also... Everybody can get off for an air or, for the addicts, a cigarette break. The city was founded in 1836 and named after General Sam Houston, who was then President of the Republic of Texas. It was he who commanded at the Battle of San Jacinto to win independence from Mexico. Only New York has more Fortune 500 headquarters. The city was chosen as the home of NASA's Manned Spacecraft Center in 1961, a center opening in 1963. Entertainment notables from Houston include the late actor Patrick Swayze, the pop singer Hilary Duff and the southern rock band ZZ Top. The station opened in 1959 and was used by 19,800 passengers in 2017. So this is the home of Big Oil. As we pass under flyover for flyover, and then another flyover, and then another flyover, the car and the truck really do hold sway in this city. Indeed, the platform at Houston Station is under a flyover. So here we are at Houston Station. Some lovely people I've been talking to have got off. There are people greeting each other. Great happiness. And I'm just walking along the platform towards the station building, which I'm told has some nice memorabilia in it. I have to say that I've 
met an awful lot of friendly people as I've travelled across the United States by train. But I have a feeling that the group that I met today, as we've been going along, is probably the friendliest of all the groups of people that I've met over the years. Now there's a lovely train that I think will make a nice photograph. We've got a couple of traditional baggage carts as well with some baggage for our train. Our two power units tonight are sounding much healthier than the one that we had that took us down to Carbondale two days ago. Was it only two days ago that I was on that coach from Carbondale? So much has happened in the last few days whilst I've been on this trip, but it's all been worth it. It's been lovely meeting the people, seeing the different things that have happened to us as we've progressed. The station here at Houston is quite small, but they're starting now to let the passengers out and onto our train. Here we are beneath a road intersection of the motorway, and they've had the kindness to put down a bit of blacktop, as it's called here. Actually, it's concrete, I think, on, on this station platform, and allow us a railway station to stop in. Hear the roar of the cars above us. This podcast has been produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew of Amtrak's train number one, the Sunset Limited, for making this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks. Thank you.